eerste ervaring. En nu, ladies en gentlemen, uw attention, please. Big decisions have even bigger consequences in the world of marketing leadership, where data informs everything, second chances are rare, and ROI is no longer the only metric that matters. Please join us as we go inside the funnel. Welcome to Inside the Funnel with Jenna Watson, Dan Tamby, and myself, Nasser Salul. One of the beauties of recording in the moment is sometimes a subject comes along that is so pressing and so out there that you feel compelled to talk about it, even though you have not talked about it internally. And that is one of those days, because today we are going to talk about a subject that myself, Jenna, and Dan have yet to discuss. So I have no idea what these guys are going to say, what's going to come out of their mouths when I ask them the questions. But today we're talking awesome. about... I imagine it'll be awesome. Uh, of course it will be. <laughs> the metaverse. So, of course, the big motivator for this is the recent um, announcement by Facebook around their rebrand um, around Meta and how that plugs into the wider concept of the metaverse. So I think there's two particular areas we want to explore today. Uh, one is Facebook specific around the implications and what it is specifically that they've announced um, and what marketers should think about it. But the other and where I'd like to start the conversation today is the broader concept of the metaverse. I would like us to explore what is the metaverse? What are the implications? What's the concept? And what should we be thinking about there? And then we can talk more specifically about Facebook. So Jenna, as our resident guru of all things media, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what what is the metaverse? Uh, you know what the metaverse is? It is uh, actually an invention from a deeply, deeply dystopian sci-fi novel called Snow Crash, uh, is what the metaverse is. You may also recognize it from the book or the movie Ready Player One. You may also recognize it from Pixar's WALL-E when the humans have blown up Earth and it's all dead and they're just fat floating around and living in their version of the metaverse. So it is a, it is a made up place because humans ruin the world. Uh, and it is a made up place where it's supposed to be better. But in the real world, what has happened is hyper-capitalism, uh, suburbs with their own rules and law, um, People just basically surviving only on what they can find in the metaverse because the real world has nothing to offer. Oh, and the metaverse was built and maintained and owned by a monolithic, uh, monopolistic tech billionaire. That's what it is. Weird, weird how how art mimics life. <laughs> I think it's interesting that this the the primary plot of Snow Crash was absolutely like economic dystopia yeah. and a computer virus that gives you brain damage. Right? <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm saying. It's super yeah. interesting that it's being heralded as this sort of, you know, awesome evolution Thank of society you. when it's it's a deriv direct derivative of something so deeply dark. deeply yeah. dystopian, right? Yeah. But but what it, what is it really? So okay, that's what it is in literature, but what is it really? We should probably explain what yeah. it really is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so comrade Watson, yes. tell us what it really is. <laughs> the metaverse is going to be a place. Place isn't even the right world word, but it's an it's another world that is AR and VR driven. So, users will be able to have avatars 
that can interact with the metaverse. So it will be a made up world where through augmented reality and virtual reality, you'll be able to interact with other people. You'll be able to interact with the landscape around you. You'll be able to interact with tech. So games and workouts and meeting rooms and watching content and, and all of the things that we do in the real world today, except it'll all be made up. Dan. I agree in principle. I think the metaverse versus <laughs> a metaverse is an interesting distinction to make. Yes. Um, I Again, I have a lot of people ask me questions about this personally and professionally since the announcement. I think the misconception for anybody that didn't actually sit through some of the stuff you know there's a misconception that you know it's going to be a facebook thing and it's not this is we're talking about a ubiquitous extensible framework upon which the new internet age will be born i made a joke earlier that said if zuck gave that announcement but it was 1996 facebook would now be called internet right, right. because that's you know that's the equivalent. It's the 2021 equivalent of what was the internet in 1990. So what does that mean? It means, you know, a standards-based interoperable framework where people get to be in the experience, not just consuming an experience. And I think that speaks to so many different technical considerations. I mean, if you look into it, there are standards groups and protocol definition groups, you know, the stuff we've been talking about, Jenna, on the whole uh, deprecation of third-party cookies yep. and the new standards being emerged for that, there are metaverse-oriented standards groups that have been in place since the early 2000s, putting things together like uh, virtual world standards. So when you create an object for the metaverse, what protocol standards do you need to create Mm -hmm. so that it will interoperate across any vendor, any platform, any environment, right? If we build a handsome-looking Nasser avatar, yes. which would <laughs> which, be delicious, I'm which sure. Which we will, of course. Which yes. we obviously will be the first one we do. <laughs> yes. How How is that avatar going to present itself yep. accurately and seamlessly, regardless of if he swoops into play Fortnite in its new metaverse-oriented uh, season or platform, or... Uh, into one of the you know virtual things that were positioned by uh, by the uh, the meta announcement. So I think when we when you zoom out, and I think it's a good place to start. You know, if HTTP was the defining moment of the internet as we understand it today, what is the new protocol framework that is going to support this new layer on top of that? And what are all the implications? Devices and consumer behavior and user behavior and all this cool stuff that I'm sure we can have a great conversation about. The, the, and I know we'll get to this, Nasser, but the thing that really grinds my gears is that Zuck is trying to stake claim to it. And you've said it yourself, the metaverse versus a metaverse. Yeah, Guess who's absolutely. trying to put the old Zuckaroonie yeah. stamp on that? You know I what mean, he's doing? It's a land grab. They are very s smartly. The problem is he's an android. and he 100%. Absolutely, right. he is. I couldn't tell the um, AR scenes from the real life scenes in his right. announcement video. And it sounded to me like we were being pitched or told what our future is going to become. Yes, thank you. Right. I don't want that super person, weird, right? Yeah, you don't <laughs> telling need to tell me what. Me yeah, thank what you. The future, like, and uh, you know, as far as tech, you know, tech giant announcements go, 
there wasn't a lot of substance in it. It was a lot of fluff and vision and positioning. There was nothing really substantial, uh, right? And I found that to be quite telling. Well, it's still of, a decade of away. how even. early, yeah. exactly, yeah. how early, what a land grab this is. They want to be associated with it by default. Just like we think e-commerce, we think Amazon. When we think metaverse, let's say we have 20 years now, we look back and this is one of those hindsight moments where it's like, yeah, well, of course, that's how we live our life, right? It, you know, meta will become the Kleenex brand of this environment. Yeah. And I think there's some, I mean, there's some wisdom to that. The guy's not an idiot, obviously. Um, but <laughs> you know, we're still lacking human. some substance. It's pretty sure. smart yeah. for an Android. Yeah. Anyway, what do yes. you what do you think, Nasser? What were your earlier? What were your initial thoughts on this stuff? Well, as a person with very few of my own thoughts, I went and rented somebody else's. Um, and and the one that I found most thought provoking, I'm going to read something out to you because this is this is fascinating. This is a, a Twitter thread by a gentleman by the name of Sean Puri, and he's the senior director of product, mobile gaming and emerging markets at Twitch. And I, I indulge me here for a minute. I just want to read this out to you because I think it's a really interesting way to look at this. Most people think the metaverse is a virtual place like in the movie Ready Player One. You referenced that, mm -hmm. Jenna. A virtual world like Minecraft, Roblox, or like Zuck showed in the Facebook demo yesterday. But what if it's not a place? It's not a place. It's a time. A moment in time. You know, in artificial intelligence, there's an idea of the singularity. It's the moment when AI becomes smarter than humans. The moment when artificial intelligence becomes greater than human intelligence. The metaverse is the moment in time where our digital life is worth more to us than our physical life. Ugh. This is not an overnight change or an invention by some Steve Jobs type. It's a gradual change that's been happening for 20 years. Every important part of life is going digital. Work is moving from factories to laptops, from boardrooms to Zooms. Friends are moving from neighbors to followers. Where do you find like-minded people? Twitter, Reddit, so on. Games. More kids play Fortnite than basketball and football combined. Identity. Filters are the new makeup. Stories are your personal billboard to broadcast who you are. What matters more? What you look like in real life or what you look like on Instagram? Everything goes digital. Your friends, your job, your identity. And now with crypto, your assets are online too. Bored apes are the new Rolex. Fortnite skins are the new skinny jeans. If everyone hangs out online all the time, then your flexes need to be digital. So if you play it forward another 10 to 20 years, we'll cross into the metaverse. The moment in time where digital matters more to us than physical. Our attention used to be 99% on our physical environment. Our attention has been sucked from physical to digital and where attention goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. If 50% of our attention is on our digital screen, then 50% of our energy will go to our digital life. So that's what he wrote. And I was floored that's by that. I wish, I wish listener could see my face right now because... I think my soul just left my body. <laughs> I'm pretty it sure might that's be what's an avatar. Happened. That could be an avatar. We don't know if it's really you. Anyway. Uh, it could be. It could be. <laughs> but but it is. If you think about it in those terms, right? Conceptually, I I I couldn't agree more 
with the with what he wrote there and, and the statement that he makes about defining what the metaverse is and the implications that it has. So you can see a lot of these leading indicators. Um, a few months ago, Gucci made headlines for selling virtual shoes, yep. right? So you can buy vir- virtual Gucci shoes for your for your avatar in whatever game it is. Um, I look at my kids and they want to spend money on these skins for their weaponry in Fortnite or Call of Duty and stuff that only they see, but it's their drip. It's how they get to flex on their friends, right? And and you can see immediately, like if you'd asked me three weeks ago about NFTs and the emergence of NFTs, you know, I, I would have I would have used a lot of bad language in my response to you. But all of a sudden I look at this and I'm like, well, how is a bored ape NFT any less valuable than a banana taped to a wall at Art Basel, mm-hmm. right? It's it, There's really no difference, but you can see the application of it now. When iOS 15 um, dropped, you know, they've got these deeply immersive environments um, in terms of AR, in terms of walking towards a given spot um, and using AR inside your phone to show you clearly where the direction is and you can begin to see the application of that because if you have these contextually relevant ar experiences which let's be frank is part of the metaverse you can imagine how the um, how brands can interact with that you can see the automatic extension of that in a way that you couldn't see a few weeks ago Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty deep man i think the, you you raise a good point, the the VR, AR, and whether we talk about that now or in a moment, I want to talk specifically about how they are similar, but how they are completely different in terms of this metaverse backdrop and what it might mean for day-to-day life and society and commerce and revenue and opportunity there. I think that's a really interesting topic in and of itself. Um, but you're right, the terms of you know digital assets and digital commerce having... And a native environment, uh, it speaks right to that, right? Mm-hmm. It speaks, I mean, it doesn't change what those things are today at all, but it might put them in a context where they will mimic what they're trying to replicate in real life today. You know, like you said, you've got art on your wall. You put it there and people can see it. You buy an NFT. It's can't be it, it it doesn't really carry any merit in that regard until you put it into practice that way in a digital environment where right. other people can consume it and witness it uh same as your gucci shoes or your skin or whatever um that, I, is, I, that is something that zuckerberg went on quite extensively about about how this will create a whole new digital economy for creators right so Yay, hackers mm-hmm. and people who understand how to yeah. create things will get even richer, which is cool. Did you, did you notice in his announcement where it's like, hey, check out this 3D art, and he sent they sent it in. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's fading. Hang on a second. I'll tip the I'll creator. I'll tip the creator, yes. So it'll last a little longer. Uh-huh. So they're already yep. – like, that stood out to me as such a he, huge – He talked about it a lot, the economy yeah. of the metaverse. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's – it's like for for the billions going in to developing it, there are people expecting many, many billions out of this. Oh, absolutely. Right? And I think that's understanding where and how is going to be the ticket to, you know, not getting in over your skis, but capitalizing on the opportunity properly. 
I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. 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 Understanding who the audience is that you're trying to represent. I think I think what this provides is it provides a foundation for a creative the application of a creative platform um, in an entirely new space, mm-hmm. and it speaks directly um, to to uh, the people. It speaks directly to geography and location. Um, I think one of the things that it allows for is this concept of you know when we think about brands and retail there go back a few years everybody would talk about making a retail location a destination you know that's that's a it's a destination we want to create now we don't need to create the destination now we can intersect and interact in a meaningful way on the journey so the journey becomes just as important as the destination um in terms of where we're interacting but but understanding audience, mapping all of those things out in a meaningful way. And then it represents a boon and a bonanza from a, a brand perspective um, in terms of creating all of these experiences and assets in ways that help them stand out. It creates new revenue streams. Remember, what is digital transformation? Digital transformation is about finding new ways to engage with audiences that drive new revenue streams. So there could be a time and a date in the future where brands that are that create product or, 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 um, or retail products or consumer packaged goods actually make more money from virtual products than they do from their physical mm-hmm. equivalents so, so because there's more reach with here's that. where i have this problem and this is i was a philosophy minor in college and i'm having a real problem with this so the metaverse exists to make people richer tell me where i'm wrong you, how about <laughs> What is do people? How about enriching? Does enriching people's lives? So what enriching? lives though? Digital lives or real? This sure. is where my philosophical bone really twangs because what life? The one that they are in a pink bunny suit, like in Free Guy, when they're running around in their virtual world on the metaverse. Great, great. Yeah, movie. It, was, it was really good. Fantastic movie. Or um, or the or the the real that this is where i have such problems and i am realizing the more podcasts i do with the two of you i am a luddite and that is shocking to me I know, <laughs> but sucks. i am sucks for us. <laughs> what about but hang on a minute what about like what about looking at it from like a great a great equalizer an equalizing platform for be. people with disabilities and people who are homebound and people who don't have opportunities like others do to engage in a way that would otherwise be out of their reach to participate in competition, to per, to active, to engage socially, to travel, to do the things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do due to cons- constraints out of their that, control. That's lovely, but do you think anybody who's putting money into this thing has no. that as their first Maybe. concern? Well, I'm not sure it's first consideration. It's on a list. It's probably on one it of It makes those. them feel good. Yeah, it makes them right. check a feely good box. There's an altruistic element to uh-huh. that that they can validate. That's cool. And that no is doubt great. It will I do bring, love that. Hey, no doubt virtualization of experiences has already enriched people's lives. Um, 
or you know i mean the, the, don't forget guys you know multiplayer dungeons and role player games and they're very different from this because they are finite right the, the current status of those platforms and those games is very different from what we're talking about here because they are finite and enclosed right i i want i want to hear about your enclosed finite multiplayer dungeon <laughs> dan no you know what man i have no time for that stuff <laughs> even like the second life thing i remember when second life came out and i was like we were early early into that um years ago in a previous life and it's still around and i've checked it out again recently and it's weird and underground and the, you go to the marketplace in second life and the you can tell the type of people that are in Second Life. That's all I'm going to say, based on what's on the home screen of the marketplace. It's not all kinds of people who are in there. Right, right. and who do you think are going to be the first ones in the metaverse? Not all kinds of people, certainly. For sure, but again, like, and great, you know, leading-edge technology grows not the way normal products and services grow. Like, uh, you know, normal products and services, you'll look at a market, you'll define the market area, you'll push it out, you'll get some success, then you'll expand into a new market. This type of stuff is going to in it's going to grow in concentric circles around key influencers and key people globally, right? And they That's are right. going to be the nerds and the early adopters. It's like crypto. It started with a handful of people who are now disgustingly wealthy, of course, but many have failed along the way and it's grown and grown and grown and gained and gained steam all around the world kind of on balance and I think that this same kind of thing will happen here. But there's been so many stabs at this over the years that have gone nowhere. And I'm asking myself, why now? Like, why is it happening now? Remember Twinity? Remember Google Twinity? No. Yeah, me neither. Don't <laughs> no, worry, I don't. me neither. <laughs> I looked it up and I found it. And it was a thing that Google started in 08 and ended in 08, right? Like, it just went nowhere. And there's so many examples of this, but this feels different. It, it, it feels does feel different. different. And you, you ask why now, yeah. because our entire world has been up brought upside down. Mm -hmm. We have gotten comfortable with remote work and, and virtual environments. We've invited work into our homes. Um, you know, we spend time in immersive gaming environments in a way that we've never done before mm -hmm. uh, in terms of time and application, yeah. in terms of the, the commerce and the economy that goes in goes on inside of these games with, you know, Epic Games and Activision and all of those uh, kinds of things. Yeah. It's it's amazing um, how these things go. We look at brand activations inside of these environments um, and partnerships. You're you're right as far as you know specific types of influencers who are going to carry the torch, and you're right as well in terms of who's going to start. Yeah. You know, it's going to be the crypto cowboys mm -hmm. and 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 these kinds of guys. Um, but there's you know, and and even when we think about the application of the available technology. I remember a few years ago when Google came out with Google Glass and you would see people wearing mm -hmm. this and the immediate visceral reaction was to call them a glass hole. Yeah. And they look terrible. Coming back, right? mark my words. That I, I do want to talk about the AR versus VR and where the adoption is going to come from. I, I really think that's critical. A lot of people are so, conflating those topics and they're quite separate. Yeah, so so let's talk about that in in next. But but I do think that you know with things like five G and and you know continuous streaming environments and all of these kinds of things converging and emerging, it's giving us a platform that makes this that's prepared us for this. Mm -hmm, I should mm -hmm, say, mm -hmm. um, you know, think about this idea of of Instagram filters and and all of that sort of stuff. We're so used to doing that and now in an environment where we're using 
virtual currencies and buying virtual art. It all of this has prepared the way for the emergence of deeper immersion yeah. into a fully digital world. Sure. So so why don't we why don't we switch that then to this difference between AR and VR and the implications? Yeah, there? I, I've thought about that, and I just I, I want to point out because again, this is legitimately the first time that the three of us have spoken about this. But your point about uh, the post-COVID world driving this, I wonder how connected those two events are and the, this announcement by Facebook and the rebrand of Meta. And if it weren't for the COVID pandemic, if that would have happened, it's impossible to prove either way, but it's an interesting thought about whether or not it would have conditioned society enough to accept what they're trying to do. If not for the point that you just made, I thought it was very good. Um, yeah, I thought a lot about this. You know, VR, it's like a thing you've got to do. You've got to put the thing on and you've got to stand in the room and not trip over the thing. And it's like, an, it's like a decision, right? That you have to say, okay, I'm going to go and do VR now. And again, this is, I'm thinking about it from now and who knows if this will change. But when you think about immersive technology where you have to basically shut yourself off from the outside world, it's more like an event, right? So gameplay and sitting down in front to entertain yourself and so on. I can see that being VR, but I think the money is going to be in AR. And you made a comment about Google Glass, and I think for sure, dollars to donuts, that's going to make a comeback or something like that. And if we could, there was a clip in some of the materials. They made glasses know, with Ray-Ban already. Right, and they're, back, the, they're coming back. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm wearing glasses now, and if I had something like this on and I was at the grocery store, and as I'm just doing shopping, if I looked at a product and then there was a coupon or an offer that was tailored to me and based on my thing that I could claim in the moment as I'm shopping and engaging, I mean, that is the frontier of digital commerce in terms of personalized, personalized experiences, adding value, like materially improving my experience of stuff I'm going to do anyway. I got to eat. I don't care metaverse or whatever. I got to eat. Right? No, I can solve so that. I, I'm sure they'll think of something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I I got most excited thinking about when I saw those clips and I was like listening to some of that content about where that might apply to the connected customer journey. People are still going to go places. Do you think? Yes, I believe. To, to do to Because do what? human to exercise and to have physical contact with people, to date, to procreate. And that's where to... I, and that's where it scares me the most because when people get re, get used to the fake overlays that exist in the metaverse, real life isn't going to look appealing to sure. a, And I don't think that's an our lifetime conversation or even well, maybe our children's not, lifetime. But again, there's I'm deeply philosophical about this whole topic. No, no, for sure. And I think <laughs> That's, you know, that might be a fiery demise to the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, but, choose your own adventure to our fiery demise. It might as well be this. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, so many right. paths we could take. They're right. all delightful. Um, but no, I really, <clears throat> I really see a short to midterm opportunity once some of these core frameworks become public. Don't forget, so much of the technology that was discussed in this last week is not even begun development yet it's not that it's like we're working on it it hasn't even begun right so we're very very early to the conversation here but i can absolutely see you know right now you want to ar 
you know, our listener can't see, but I'm holding up my phone. You've got to open your camera and point it at something. And I've been using Google Lens a lot more lately. When I want to understand, like, up the cottage, I see something. Oh, what is that thing? And I point my camera at it, and sure enough, I get answers. It's really cool, right? Um, but to, to, to integrate that with the way I just go about my business anyway, I think that that is so close now. And that if there is enough, there is enough groundswell, there's enough enthusiasm, the technology exists, that we might start to see those more seamlessly integrated digital real-world experiences through the use of augmented reality, which from a media perspective, Jenna, unbelievable media opportunities and placements. From a data perspective, how much, you know, how many signals and events can we capture to, to learn more about what people need and want? And again, don't forget all of this is happening in direct parallel with this immense push towards privacy, right? Yeah. So yeah. those two things are going to collide at some point and it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we've been well prepared for AR. There's no question about it. And, and it's been around, think about even head, what are they called? Heads up displays yeah. Um, yeah. in right. cars. Mm-hmm. They've been around for ever so we're we're absolutely primed for that i think taking it to the vr extent requires a degree of utility and immersion so you made the point that you know it it's a it's an active decision to do that as opposed to a a digital extension of your daily activities right that's right so so i i've got this um another article here by a gentleman called clive thompson uh, who's the author of Coders, The Making of the New Tribe and the Remaking of the World, and an all-round smart cookie. And he makes the point about, and we can now maybe jump forward onto the, the Facebook-specific version of the metaverse and what's been announced and so on. But he makes a point around the difference between what Facebook announced and something like Minecraft. So let me just read this to you. People play Minecraft because it's a game. It was designed for a specific purpose, to give you an environment which blocks you w- with blocks you could combine so that you could engage in a survival challenge or simply to build Lego-style creations. Because it's a game, people know why they're using it when they use Minecraft. There's a reason to be there, to play the game. Once people showed up, they discovered Minecraft was open-ended enough that they could do all sorts of things with it. Hang out with friends, build their own sports and combat, create cool machines, record animated series on YouTube, and so on. He goes on to say, This is another thing that these corporate dreams of open-ended social metaverse ring so hollow. Facebook can build their world, but there's no reason for anyone to use it, really. If Meta is just hanging out with friends online... Nobody needs that. For an online 3D space to thrive, there has to be a reason to be there. Thoughts? The reason is it is better than the real world. And I think that we have been conditioned to think that as well, to everything that we've already said. And I think the reason may become a function of the interface as well. Yes. Okay, like right. the, the interface for Minecraft is two-dimensional, notwithstanding it's a three-dimensional representation, but it's still a two-dimensional mm-hmm. interface. Again, as the 
technology of these interfaces. I think, you know, the Oculus Rift or whatever it's becoming, I think that's changing too. Like, as amazing as that is, is laughable technology. With 20 years of hindsight from this moment, it's laughably clunky and ridiculous, mm-hmm. whatever that's going to look like. Um, so, again, your Ready Player One example, you know, the sensory skin suit. Right. Um, which sounds ridiculous, but all of a sudden isn't so ridiculous, right? When you think about that could be the reason. The reason could be to actually have experiences that you cannot have otherwise. When right? everything and can that's be, going to be a function of interface. Everything can be upgraded. Everything can be bought with digital coinage. You can yeah. create the experience that you want. You can't do that right. here. Yeah, but th- don't forget there's also physics involved, right? And that's what I mean about interface. When you have an experience, no matter what it is you do, you're stimulating all of your senses, and some of them are a function of the physics that you encounter, right? Gravity. Like, I-, I was watching, I'm watching Drive to Survive, the Formula One series, and I'm watching them practice in simulators. And then I'm watching the guy practice at home on his PS3. And it's it's very different because there's no G-forces. There's no physics acting on his body. So his feedback and his sensory experience is quite different than when he's actually piloting a Formula One car around the circuit. So that, I think, is like the threshold of where does it become more like reality? Where can we replicate the physics that we experience? You go to a dance club and you feel the you know, I, I'm too old for nightclubs now, but when you go and enjoy them, I get so tired. Um, but, the music's way too loud. It's so loud. But you know what I mean? Like there's an experience that's sensory and visceral that people crave. So either, A, we find a replica, suitable analog for those experiences that is as good or better. Or B, we condition through breeding and reinforcement that those things aren't important that's my next point what about kids who start with the metaverse in existence we already have kids that don't know how to use a manual can opener or they look at a rotary phone and don't have any idea what it could possibly be used for which is hilarious so what's going to happen when you grow up they can't they can't it's beyond the can opener they can't live with being bored for 30 seconds because they need to be stimulated constantly and it's Gonna get worse. Have we not? And have it's we their not answered kids our own, that are probably have we not answered our own question there? Yeah. So so Jenna, tell them to get off your lawn. <laughs> I know. And, I know. And now and now let's let's talk about Facebook specifically. Uh, I hate sounding like such a grumpy what, old man, but I, yeah. <laughs> what what did Facebook announce specifically, and what are they? What is their vision for all of this? Facebook is now Meta. Everybody, Facebook is still Facebook. The app, the company is Meta. So what Mark Zuckerberg was very careful to explain is that he has turned what the artist formerly known as Facebook into kind of what Google did with Alphabet, right? So he now still has a family of apps, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, etc. But the company itself, he's distanced from those probably because of the hot mess that Facebook is in right now um, to be a much broader, all-encompassing sort of company that focuses on multiple things like the metaverse, for example. Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw through a little bit of the veiled redirection of people's attentions right. yeah. to this ubiquitous, open, transparent, standards-based approach to building the backbone of what will be the future of our global digital community, blah, 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 to basically redirect away from the Facebook negative juju. I think there's a little bit of that going sure. on. 
Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like we said at the beginning, I think we touched on it, but this land grab, you know, trying to capture that Kleenex reference to what they are betting will become a, you know, broadly ubiquitous concept. Honestly, uh, I think that might be my biggest problem with this whole thing. Like yeah. if, if the Dalai Lama and a crew of his people learned how to code real well, and they decided to create the metaverse, I might be more inclined mm -hmm. to be interested. But instead, it's Mark Zuckerberg up, up there trying really hard to act human and like doing the worst compatibility test with Boz on the screen. Like their their air yeah. quotes jokes were terrifying. Like so to watch him say like, "Ooh, this is the future of how people connect," because that's always been Facebook's thing, right? We help people connect. He's still on that. He's still saying that's their purpose as Meta is to build the infrastructure so that people can connect. But you watch him try to connect and it's just laughable. I, I, I think that, so this is exactly why we wanted to separate this into yeah. its two component right. bits. The conversation around the metaverse in general and, and the concept there and then the Facebook take on it. Because, you know, the, the, the moment it comes out from Facebook, there's a lot of us that have these visceral reactions, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, when when the website that you built to rate the looks of various women ends up endangering Western civilization, <laughs> allegedly, you know, that's pretty meta. That's right? terribly and, meta. And, yeah. And, and that's who <laughs> that that is. And, and that's they're the ones who are now controlling. They're the power concept. brokers. Yeah. And and that, I think, has a lot of people very uncomfortable because if there's been one company in this entire space who seemingly at every turn has not done the right and obvious thing, it's them. Um, and but I do think I do think, you know, to take it back conceptually to this idea of the metaverse, it's more than Facebook just as Google doesn't own the concept of the alphabet, you know, Facebook won't own the concept of sure. the metaverse. It's it's already progressed well past that point. It's owned by too many people and it's integrated too deeply into our lives. Who knows? It could be Activision that ends up winning in this case, um, in which case we're just our future is just, you know, blasting noobs in the head <laughs> with our, you know, sick weapons. Right. Um which let's let's be frank in the in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot worse than that. Um, but but with that in mind, I mean, what are the things that we should be preparing for as brands? What what should we be thinking about? What should we? What are the conversations we need to be having? What is your product or service when there isn't a tangible thing? That's what brands need to be thinking about. How do you add value? to a customer mm -hmm. or potential customer's life in a non-physical world. And, and maybe back to my point about the role that AR will play in a metaverse-driven, again, not the metaverse, yes. a metaverse. I want to make sure. The we HTTP really, metaverse, yes. The internet, the <laughs> right. underlying pipes that will connect yes. it all. How will you present your brand in a digitally integrated 
world, like a truly digitally integrated, not that everyone has a supercomputer in their pocket and can look you up if they need to in the moment. But as you're walking, I've done it now. Like just, I was out at the grocery store the night before last and I was, I was, it was all playing through in my mind. I was thinking about if I had my Google Glass goggles on or the current version of that, as I was consuming my environment, what might I see to augment the messaging or the utility that people were trying to offer me? And starting to think about that practically as these platforms become relevant, you, there's huge opportunities, I think, to, to, to grab fallow ground of you know new media channels and new, new things to, to test and experiment. Again, we, you still need to build first-party data profiles and signals so what can you start to offer people in this world that i think we're going to see evolving rapidly over the next sort of 24 or 36 months i think beyond the application um, that's obviously going to happen in terms of the development of these experiences um the promotion of these experiences with media placements and and all of that sort of stuff there is a couple of areas that I think brands should be thinking about very hard right now. One is truly understanding what those audiences look like and what their integrated journeys are going to look like online and offline and together um, in ways that perhaps they haven't thought uh, previously. And I also think that they need to think about things from a governance, a brand governance perspective in terms of brand safety. So there has been, it reminds me of when programmatic first started and there was a, a lot of concern around brand mm -hmm. safety and, and brand advertising ending up on, you know, sites promoting hate speech and all of that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Um, I'm not talking about Twitter, um, but uh, it, it's very reminiscent of that. And when you think about these digital interactions, I think the major brands should be demanding assurances and guidance from companies like Facebook about how they're going to create harassment-free zones and environments where it's going to be safe for them to interact as brands. I also think that brands need to think about this as the metaverse as opposed to a metaverse, which is the Facebook envisioned environment. Because again, Facebook does not have the greatest track record when it comes to... Um, renting out space in its environment and then taking that away and monetizing the entire thing. So just as brands were caught flat-footed early on in the development of these social platforms, particularly with Facebook, where they built entire businesses and business models around, you know, rented space and then were shocked and floored um, when, when they took away that uh, ability to do that for mm -hmm. free. They have to be prepared that that is the end game. That's what's going to happen. That that's an interesting. So what can you do? That's an interesting point. I remember ten years ago, being like, like you know, when social was like becoming a big media channel mm -hmm. necessarily, and it was like the big guy was like, wait a minute, this was designed to just help bring people together, and now marketers are trying to wedge themselves in and monetize this relationship building platform, and. Most people were like a little slow to catch on that it's like, no, 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 that was always the plan from the very beginning. And now it's just so obvious to everybody that the first conversation that we're having, it's not about the enrichment and 
the the actual utility of the platform it's like okay where are people going to be making the money on here and and i think that's you know it's it's the reality of the way shit it's the, the free and open internet is run on these money making exchanges so how are we going to capitalize on that appropriately um, we've we've experienced the democratization of truth and information and we don't particularly like it yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so let's round this out yeah. i think you know what dan you sound way too optimistic about this uh to be to have any frustrate no so I, I think I'm, I'm gonna hand this off to jenna who may have expressed a frustrator too but why don't why don't you tell us what frustrates you about this conversation jenna yeah i've heard a couple of my frustrates already but I am frustrated that I have been cursed by the gift of knowledge. <laughs> I am frustrated <laughs> that I can see this coming from a mile off. And I am frustrated that my good friends, friends, Nasser and Dan, are not in my same terrified boat with me. <laughs> I'm frustrated that I don't have a set of those sunglasses from Free Guy. That's what I'm frustrated about. <laughs> They're pretty awesome, I won't lie. They're so awesome. And with that, thank you very much for joining us today on Inside the Funnel from Jenna Watson, Dan Temby, and myself, Nasser Salul. Have a good one. You've been listening to Inside the Funnel with Jenna Watson, Dan Temby, and Nasser Salul. Until next time, don't forget to like, subscribe, and connect with the AC wherever you see us online.